Welcome, Bears fans, once again to a new edition of Bears Cat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two Jamokes who are always ready to say, Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> so, go ahead and give them the stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Bears <laughs> underscore scat. And if you can sense a little bit of extra excitement in my voice this week, it's because we're finally here. We're finally here! We have regular season Bears football to talk about. <laughs> and, Tom, we've talked a lot over the past several months about the roster and the coaching staff and the depth <laughs> Over chart and over. And everything that we've said... Over the last eight months, gets thrown out the window at noon central time on Sunday when the Bears kick off against the 49ers. So, Bears opening line, not looking great. The Bears are seven-point underdogs at home versus San Francisco. Um, And I guess there's no other place to start this podcast, and I'll give you the floor. What are your thoughts on the first game? Well, uh, just like you, I, I mean... Wow, it's awesome that it's finally here. We're going to finally get to see number one take the field for real. Uh, I, I've i been saying it all along, and I, and I still, I'm, and I know you're of the same opinion that, you know, this is do-over. Last year, to me, doesn't count for that kid at all. Um, watching our, uh, our, this newly created, I mean, essentially completely new team. Yep. Um, is is going to be exciting no matter what, and I know I'm. I don't think we're probably going to win, but I, just as long as they go out there and be competitive. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to predictions a little later on. I think this is obviously a really tough spot for the Bears, as you said. Almost entirely new roster. Most of the starters from last year are not back. Entirely new coaching staff, and you're going up against. The 49ers, who were in that NFC Championship game last year, many think that they're one of the two or three most likely teams to come out of the NFC. Built well. Yeah, exactly. Built on the lines, although we'll get to that because their offensive line might not be as strong as some people think this year, which I think creates a bit of an opportunity for the Bears. But as you said, just really, really good, consistent team, good coaching staff. Tough matchup for this reshaped Bears team going into week one, but (laughs) that doesn't mean it has to be a blowout. It doesn't mean that the Bears have to go out there and lose. I think they probably will, but it's week one of the NFL. It's a new coaching staff. Anything can happen, and when you're playing a team that has a talent advantage, like the 49ers clearly do, you want to get them early. You want to get them when you don't have a lot of stuff on tape, and you want to get them when... Maybe you've got the full attention of the team and you've got some new plays that you're going to roll out that maybe they haven't scouted and maybe you can catch them with their pants down a little bit. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that. I I think that the Bears are going to surprise some people with how competent they look because at least the last couple of years it's looked pretty incompetent every, every <laughs> single time the bears have gone up against a team that's more talented than they are yes. and that doesn't have to be the case in the NFL we see teams that are clearly on the lesser end of the talent spectrum go out and cover spreads and win games outright all the time so 
Any particular matchups or players that you're excited about watching besides, obviously, Fields? So, uh, you know, well, I mean, I think we should start there, though. Um, You and I both commented that we feel like this is one of the games of the week as far as quarterback matchups, because it is. It's two former first-round picks from the same draft going head-to-head, you know, Fields is the veteran here uh, because even though um, it's questionable how well or poorly he played last year, he did play. He did get some experience, and that should be beneficial to him. He he does have a little bit of experience under his belt. What's right? better experience, sitting and watching a Kyle Shanahan offense or playing in a Matt Nagy offense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> so... So the the other thing is is that yes so you know that on that side of the ball he did he got to sit by, he actually he got to sit behind a good veteran too um, I like Garoppolo I think Garoppolo I wish we would have got him uh, when we had the opportunity to get him from New England it would have been I wrote a whole post about how I thought that would have been a great idea uh, you know but instead we didn't do that yeah he's uh, (laughs) he's fine I mean he's not anything that will blow you away I don't really think he was worth the contract that the 49ers gave him but he's been to a Super Bowl he almost won a Super Bowl he's been to the NFC championship game and in seasons where he's gotten hurt the 49ers have really struggled whenever he's been out so yeah say what you want about him I don't really think he's great I'm certainly interested to see if Trey Lance is better than him, because honestly, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo had been a little bit better, the Rams, or sorry, the 49ers probably would have been in the Super Bowl last year, which is yeah. why the 49ers are scary this year. But um, like you said, I mean, Jimmy G's still there too. So Trey Lance has gotten a year under his belt under Shanahan. He's gotten to watch <laughs> Garoppolo. Garoppolo's still there. It's now or never for him in year year two of his NFL career. Well, so with Lance, um, you know, this is uh, definitely um, rubber meets the road for him uh, because he's played so little. Uh, And, you know, that's what everybody's waiting to see is how he handles it uh, going out there. I really believe the the Bears are going to come out fired up Mm -hmm. like fired up in a way we haven't seen them in in a long time and i think that um they're going to be looking to show that hey people think we're they're just going to run right over us and we're not going to allow that to happen and i think they have enough to do that now um you know the niners are a strong young team and we i'm hoping that polls bills Builds his own version of the Niners, right? Because they have good depth in a lot of spots. They have explosive players. So I think uh, I, I think that's one of the things, you know, just that, that matchup between Lance and, and Fields is certainly going to be one to watch. Yeah, and Lance is obviously the biggest question mark there. Nobody has any idea how he's going to come out and play. Even the 49ers have no idea. They haven't, right. they haven't seen him. He's not been in this position before as day one NFL starter for 17 games so it's the 49ers aren't dummies Kyle Shanahan's no dummy yeah I don't think they'd be handing the keys to the car to Trey Lance if they thought he was gonna suck but 
for his first game in Soldier Field, which is typically a fired-up atmosphere. As you said, the Bears' defense is certainly going to come out firing. And another storyline that we can maybe get to, we don't know how the Soldier Field turf is going to be. <laughs> of course. Of, of course that's a storyline going into week one. You, you know that's part of this. Um, it's part of the move. Uh, but, but, it, but, I mean, even so... It's it's all a huge question mark for them at the quarterback position and oh also wasn't um Ramstein there last yeah. weekend talk, talk about I mean <laughs> if you're talking about why the bears want their own oh stadium among the obvious re- financial reasons like the fact that for week 1 of the NFL season we don't even know if the turf is going to be playable because of Ramstein <laughs> like I thought they stopped playing Ten years ago, and somehow they get booked at Soldier Field seven days before the Bears are going to play. I mean, yeah. if you if you just add another reason to the list of why the Bears want out of that stadium. <laughs> but anyway, with Lance, that's I mean, this is not some sort of genius football observation, but that's how the Bears could have a chance to win this game is if he goes out and struggles. And right. We don't know what defenses Eberflus is going to dial up for him. You know he's going to try to be bringing some exotic blitzes or try to confuse Lance with zone coverage. And as a rookie that doesn't have a ton of experience playing, not only in the NFL, but even in college. So um, in, that, in that vein, is Mike McGlinchley, uh, is, he, is he out? Last I heard, McGlinchey was playing. Okay. So I want to get to the San Francisco offensive line a little bit because the perception of the 49ers is that they've been really, really strong on the lines, and that's how they've been so successful recently. And well, that's, certainly on the D-line. Well, and, and on the offensive line, too. I mean, you remember a couple of years ago when the Packers went out there and the 49ers just ran the ball all over oh, them? that's right. But the 49ers, their tackles are still awesome. Trent Williams and McGlinchey, who yeah. I'm not – is he questionable? Last I knew he was, I was just checking to see if he was on the injury report. Well, let's assume um, for a second he's going to play. So that's two really good NFL offensive tackles. But they're not returning any of their starters on the inside of the line. All of their center and both their guards from last year are gone. And they haven't really replaced them with anybody that you've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Their two guards are recent draft picks. I think one was a second-round pick and one was a fourth-round pick. But... Neither have started a game in the NFL before, and their center has been around the league for, I think, six years and has three NFL starts. Mm. So they've got some no-names on the inside of that line. Yeah. How do you get after a quarterback and ruin their day? You get pressure up the middle. Right. So the Bears have this new defensive scheme. They have Justin Jones and they have Armand Watts, who I'm assuming are going to be the two starters at defensive tackle. They really need those guys to have a big day if they're going to win because if you can get pressure on Lance up the middle and get him out of the pocket, make him uncomfortable, just because he's inexperienced and because he might be seeing some looks on defense that he's never seen before, that's how the Bears can get some turnovers, they can get the 49ers off the field, and that's how they can make this large underdog spread into a game that's a little bit closer than a lot of people are predicting. So if you're looking for a path to victory, I think that's it. It's if the 49ers interior offensive line struggles and Lance struggles and obviously the, and obviously the bears, you know, when they have the ball, they can't turn the ball over. They've got to move the chains and they've got to dial up a game plan that can maybe counteract 
this really, really strong 49ers defense. But Yeah, so um, just a hop back real quick. It does not look like McGlinchley is, uh, is uh, on the injury list. Only Kittle, George Kittle, is on the injury list. And that, was a, that was news today that yeah. he might not play. He hasn't been practicing all week. And then uh, Dre Greenlaw at linebacker. I, I'm guessing that he's a more probably a reserve. But, um, you know, uh, so not really big news on the injury front. Well, um, Valus Jones didn't practice today. Yeah. So that's actually probably bigger for us than um, what we just read. Yeah, he hasn't. He's been out a lot in the yes. preseason. He played the one game in Seattle, but... Apart from that, he's missed a lot of time. I wouldn't be surprised if he's inactive on Sunday, which would be a little bit of a disappointment. Because yeah. He's somebody that you're counting on to be available for potentially some trick plays or just as more of a gadget player that if you can get him the ball in some creative situations can maybe move the chain. So if he's not going to be out there, that's a blow to the wide receiving group. And then and his special teams abilities too. Yeah, and I mean, Pringle, I... I it would assume is not going to play either. So. Yeah, that 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 part is that particular player. I'm very disappointed uh, because uh, I really thought that that was a good pickup um, when it first happened. There was a lot of criticism out there about it. I felt like it was uh, a a good way to go out and spend mid market money and get somebody who looked like he was ready to bust out on his own. And then this, you know, this, uh, this preseason, um, has been nothing. And, you know, now here we are week one and it's like you're saying, there's a good chance that he's not going to be playing. Which doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad signing. No, not at all. I'm just saying it, it, you, I would have, I would have thought he would be there for week one. We just don't know how bad the injury is. And, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, I mean, let's let's be real about this. The Bears probably aren't going to win this week, and they're probably <laughs> not going to win week two. So the first two weeks of the season are just really, really, really tough spots for a new team. Mm-hmm. Home against San Francisco at Green Bay. Those might be the two best teams in the conference, maybe the two best defenses in the conference. So obviously you can't go out and say this, but... If the Bears are not rushing players back from injury to play in two games that they're probably going to lose, I wouldn't be too mad about that. And we'll kind of treat the first two weeks as, you know, kind of anything you get is a plus. To me, in in this first game, if the offense comes out and looks anything better than terrible, yeah, I'll be pretty happy with that. <laughs> I mean, think, I mean, because we not, know we got a real high bar because we know what rock bottom looks like. This this type of talent mismatch is what the Bears had last year in Cleveland, and we we we, we, we oh remember, the nightmare of the Cleveland game. We remember how that went. So I expect it to look better than that. Yes, I think but so. If it doesn't look great, and then if the offense really struggles these first two spots, I'm not gonna treat it like the sky is falling either because yeah. the Bears are in a rebuilding year, and these are two teams that a lot of people think have a chance to come out of the NFC. So anything that is good looking is better than what would have happened last year, which I I think is a sign of progress. So absolutely. 
I don't mean to set the bar very, very low for the first two games, but that's kind of just where it has to be. Well, right now, um, to be blunt, we don't have a whole lot of clue as to what we're going to see. I mean, other than what we watched in preseason, and we all know that we have to take, uh, we have to take measure with that because it, no matter how many starters are playing, uh, even the starters that are playing are not really playing full like. It's an NFL game. So, uh, you know, this this week we're going to see uh, the full force that we can muster uh, against a really good team. It's actually probably going to be a pretty good measuring stick of, of uh, how good uh, the offense can be. I'll tell you what, though. Um, I, would, I would say I'm looking at Justin Fields. I think he has at least two touchdowns. I was actually... Because... Just in my head, without looking at looking back at the game, I remember him having a really good game against the 49ers last year. Yeah, he did. And the 49ers... Very solid. Yeah, yeah. The, the 49ers were, are better than they were in that game because they started off a little slow and they had some injuries. And the Bears are probably a little bit worse on offense if you just look at the two offensive lines and yeah. the wide receiving group. I, I think, other than quarterback, the Bears have probably taken a bit of a step back from last year as far as talent goes on the offense. I don't know. I, I might This offensive line, I might pick this one over what we had last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not... I mean, neither is great. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I think like at least then you had you had Peters instead. Like Braxton Jones could be awful in this game. He could like, be. I hope he's not because it would be. I really, don't think he's going to be. It would be really really awesome if they found uh, NFL left caliber tackle, left yeah. tackle in the fifth round. But he could go out there and just be terrible. Like that's that's not off the table here. He could. He's playing. He's going to be going up against Nick Bosa. Who is one of the best pass rushers? So, if he's ridiculously good, yeah. So if if Jones or the line in general really struggles in this game, you can't really be surprised by that. It doesn't mean that the rebuild has failed. It doesn't mean that Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus is an idiot. It's just that the Bears are in a different stage of their competitive window compared to their 49ers. Yes. I, I think the big advantage that you have is obviously coaching. I think that Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus know that they probably can't really block the 49ers. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the offense has to just uh, crawl into a fetal position and die like the Bears did last year in Cleveland. You can still move the pocket. You can still run some screen passes. You can get a little bit creative and dial up a game plan that maybe isn't going to score you 50 points, but it can at least look like you belong in the NFL. And that's kind of what I expect to see. I don't really expect the Bears to put up a ton of points. Last year in that game that I just referenced, I would have guessed they scored 30 points. They only scored 22. So, obviously, hindsight has me remembering that a little bit better than it actually was. But yeah. 22 points is still 22 points. And he um He did throw a touchdown and run for a touchdown, yeah. though. I mean, if the Bears go out there and score 22 points... This week, I'll be pretty happy. Especially, yeah, especially, me too. Especially if that's the result of some sustained offensive drives. And, you know, obviously if they get a pick six or a weird special teams play, then it's easier to get to 22. But if the offense goes out and puts together 22 points worth of good football, I think that's a victory against this defense. The, and, it, it's a, it, as a, what I was trying to, what I was trying to say about, uh, about being the Niners is that, 
we are at the start of what they're in, say, year three of. Right. Right? And, you know, they have done a pretty good job of building in, in, various, in various spots. Uh, you know, we were talking about Garoppolo, and one thing I did want to mention is I give kudos to, uh, to Shanahan uh, retaining him. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, it looked like early on in the pre in the uh, in the off season that he was gone. Yeah, and they, some, they said he was gone. Yeah, and you know, so they end up keeping him. And wow, that's a heck of a backup to have on your team. Yeah, I mean, and that's just a really smart move by the 49ers because and him and Garoppolo too. Yeah, because he's getting a lot of money to be a backup. He is. And if you looked at their backups before him, it was like Nate Sudfeld and <laughs> Brock Petty, I think, who I mean just terrible. Like guys that if you're putting out there, you just have no chance. So if Cooler heads. Nick, Nick Mullins. He's not there. He's with No, the, now he's with uh, Minnesota. But, but he wasn't there in the preseason. He started with Oakland. Or sorry, oh. Vegas. Sorry, Vegas. So I mean, they, that's right. He I, he left uh, two year. He left a year ago. Yeah. Right? So I think their plan was probably trade Garoppolo and get some other backup, but they couldn't trade Garoppolo because he's supposed to make a hundred million dollars and he's not that good. So yeah, I, I think that they just were able to work things out with him and cooler heads were able to prevail. Yet hope as a Bears fan that maybe that gets into Trey Lance's head a little bit and maybe he's looking over his shoulder and if. He makes a couple of bad passes early. Maybe, you know, he is not all there mentally because the 49ers have a backup ready to go that's been very, very successful for that team. So we'll see how that plays out. I I would imagine that the 49ers have had conversations with him, reassuring him that it's his job and that they're not looking to replace him as soon as things go wrong. But you never know how things can affect young quarterbacks. And I, I've actually heard their their relationship is pretty good. Though. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think in most cases it is. They're, yeah. they're all professionals. They're all, yeah. they're all making a lot of money to be out there. I, yeah. I think that typically, typically the starting quarterback backup quarterback relationship is one that they're both trying to help each other. Yeah. Like you get the rare cases where it's like Favre and Rogers that <laughs> hate each other, but obviously that worked out okay for the Packers too. So we'll see. I, I am really, really, I mean the game in this again is not some hot take, but the game's really going to be determined by how Trey Lance plays. And if the bears can move the ball at all. Right. Um, so, uh, another, um, Another matchup I'm looking to see is Komet. Mm-hmm. Um, Komet, I am in. I'm in the camp, and I think you are too. That we're looking for him to take another step. He did. He made a good jump from rookie to second year. Um, even in that discombobulated crap of last year, he had a pretty good season. And this year, one thing that I did notice. Uh, on that touchdown pass from uh, from Fields against Cleveland is Fields giving him that little head nod and him moving by his lonesome into the end zone. Yeah. Now, I get that that was against, uh, you know, they, they didn't have all their starters on defense out there, but still, it was a great play by any measure. It was a 24-yard touchdown pass, and... Uh, you know, I, it, it was a play that you could see happening in a regular game. 
Yeah, it seems like they've got chemistry together. Definitely. And that's a big deal. It like, is. Especially when you're trying to develop a quarterback, you need somebody that he's throwing to that the two have kind of that connection that 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 kind of unspoken connection that Fields just knows where he's going to be. It seems like he's got that with Komet and with Mooney. So uh-huh. I, I think that Komet in particular is going to have a, a huge year from a fantasy football perspective. <laughs> like if you're in a if you're in a PPR league, like he might catch 110 passes for like two yards each. He could just because if Fields is under pressure, he's going to be looking to check it down a lot, and hopefully he's going to look to Komet and just get him the ball instead of taking a sack or throwing the ball out of bounds. So. I think Komet could have a really good year. I mean, the the big thing with him last year was he didn't have a touchdown. Right. And I think that'll change. I, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I would expect him to have quite a few. I would just expect the Bears to be in the red zone more in general. And then I think when they're in the red zone, Fields is going to be looking for his tight end a lot. So I'm I'm with you. I, I expect big things from Komet. And, you know, this, this week will be interesting because the 49ers have a really strong linebacking core. but They do. Especially if they're getting into the backfield a lot, which is probably going to happen, I would expect the Bears. <laughs> I would expect the Bears to have a lot of hot reads and checkdowns drawn up for Cole Komet. So I think that he's going to show up on Sunday. I don't know that he'll show up in an explosive way. I don't really think the Bears are going to have a lot of explosive plays in general this season, especially when they're going up against good defenses. But I think if if you have Cole Komet in your fa- on your fantasy roster, start him, especially if you're in a PPR league, because he could catch like ten passes for thirty yards. But you'll take those receptions at least. So his rookie year, uh, forty four targets for twenty eight receptions. He jumped to ninety three targets and sixty receptions in year two with Fields as his main guy. That's that's how's, a pretty major jump. And how's the catch percentage there? Uh, they don't have a list of that. Do you have a calculator? Well, Andy? What, what was it? 60 divide, 63 divided by 90? Yeah. So that's like a little bit of like 65% ish. Yeah. That so that's, that's pretty solid. And this is the part I looked up his numbers for. He went from an 8.7 yard per catch average to 10.2. Oh, there you go. 10.2 is very solid by, uh, any tight end in the NFL. I now I the thing is is that I think you see, um, as you were saying, I think you see an uptick in the amount of targets. I think you see an uptick in the amount of receptions. I think you see an uptick in his uh, his reception percentage, uh, maybe in his average too. Mm-hmm. And he certainly he's he has two career touchdowns, two of them in twenty twenty. Uh, there's no way he doesn't have more than two touchdowns this year. I, I agree with that. I, I think I'd say there's one percent chance of that happening. I, I should have looked up his over under before we got here, but I would take the over. I'm sure he's lined pretty low, and I agree with you. I think he's going to see a lot of red zone targets in this offense, and I think that next year we'll be talking about him as just another building block on this offense to build around. I don't know what you can really expect from Darnell Mooney in this game. I think he's another player that's going to have a really nice year, but I just don't think that there's going to be a lot of explosive offensive plays in this game for the Bears. 
and I think that a lot of their passes are going to be shorter, kind of quick hits so that they can get yards before the 49ers get to the quarterback. Doesn't mean Mooney can't have a lot of catches in that kind of offense. I just am very, very interested to see how he does because this is going to be a really big test for him against a good defense. And we've seen him play really well before against good defenses, but you know, it's a player that the Bears are expecting a lot of big things from, and it wouldn't shock me if this is a bit of a quiet game for him just because of just how I think the game is going to play out. I agree. I agree. Um, they're going to be blanketing him because yeah. um, they know that they have a connection. I mean, it's really obvious. Yeah. Um, and, like, who else, now the, one of the who things, else are the Bears going to throw to? Exactly. But, besides you know, that. That, that is one of the things, though, that Mooney did last year that I don't feel like he gets – enough credit for and that was he did do a fairly good job of getting open when you know he was pretty much the only person that fields was throwing to yeah right so um you know uh mooney uh i i really believe in that kid uh he says he wants to be the best and man is he scary <laughs> Did you see that latest picture of him? No. Oh my god. His his legs look like sticks. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a big guy. I remember but, saying that when they drafted him and I was just like, man, how is that guy going to stay I think healthy? that's why he was in there in the 5th round. Um and it suggests it's suggested in that in that piece that Dan Pompey uh the interview that he did with Mooney. Um but I'll tell you what, uh, Pompey's piece re- also really reflected how hard that kid is working to improve. And and uh, there's no way you put that amount of effort into something and not see payback from it. It just doesn't happen. Um, so, uh, but, uh, you know, as you were alluding to, he's probably going to get blanketed in this game, which will open it up for the tight ends. Uh, maybe also a little bit of... Khalil Herbert and Tristan Ebner out of the backfield. Now, one of the things that I did notice again in the preseason, and it's been shown in his past, is Montgomery. He just is not cut out for catching the ball in yeah, the backfield. I think he's going to have a rough game. Yeah, they're going to be uh, on top of him. Yeah, um, he he. Uh, you know, he seems like he's going to have a two-and-a-half-yard per carry kind of game. And it might not even be his fault. It just might be that he's getting swarmed before he even gets right. in the hole. Right, right. Not being critical of him uh, specifically, but, you know, there's only so much you could do. Yeah. And when you got five guys that suddenly are convening on you on every single play, and, you know, we we do recognize they have a great front seven. They're going to be up on the line until until Chicago forces them off of it. Yeah. They're going to be up there. And they're going to be, like you said, they're going to be bringing everything to the backfield. So the Bears' first, first matter, their first challenge in the game is going to be getting that defense to, to give them a little breathing room. Yeah, and they might not even really have to crowd the box. With this Bears' offensive line and just the way like the players that the Niners have on their defensive line I mean when you're talking about Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead those are two of the best defensive linemen in football so yes they might be able to create enough havoc on their own that they don't even really need uh stuff the box with their linebackers which would be really really unfortunate but that's just a key matchup to watch is how the Bears 
line handles that handles those four in run blocking even because yeah we have no idea how that's gonna look we don't i mean we don't know yet who the starters are going to be but it seems likely that we're gonna have mustafer at center jenkins at guard and white hair at guard yeah and that's not gonna scare the 49ers so it might i mean it'll be really really interesting to see in the first few plays of the game just if the bears are able to create any movement on the line if they're able to get any push whatsoever because if not then it's gonna be a long day for the running game and just as we know with just the talent on this offense if the running game doesn't get going i think it's gonna be a really really tough uphill battle for the bears to really make any progress on the ground or just in general on offense yeah it's gonna it's it's gonna be a tough day there uh there's there's no doubt about it, and you know next week is going to be tough too. Uh, I do think that um, you know we're going to get a really good picture though of of what this team uh, can do and can't do. Um, we and, and as you as you mentioned, all of this is a little bit um, uh, of an experiment. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to find a better word, but a little bit of an experiment because he is really pulls. Poles wants a 2023 team. Yeah, they're they're not expecting most of the players that are out there to be starting players on a Super Bowl team. Exactly. They're trying to find the few guys that they have now that could be valuable contributors to a championship team. But for the most part, most of these guys aren't going to be here. They're, They're trying to figure out what they have, and they know that there's players on the roster that just aren't very good. I mean, that's just... Yeah. That's just the... But they, there are some. That, but that's just the nature of where we're at right now. So if Tevin Jenkins just absolutely sucks, maybe that's a bad example because they didn't even pick Tevin Jenkins. But yeah. it, say he's terrible, that doesn't mean that the Bears are stupid for starting him tomorrow because they're giving him a shot because maybe he's still got some upside. And, it's just, and maybe once he gets out there and starts hitting on some people... You know that that could definitely help his attitude, perhaps, and it could also maybe open up the trade market again. If he's out there and he's playing competent, and the Bears really want to trade him, then if he gets some game action and he grades out okay, maybe more teams are interested than was the case a few weeks back. So it's as you said, a bit of an experiment in a lot of different places on the football field. Obviously, I'm going to be playing, paying pretty close attention to the players that the Bears drafted this year because those are the first big investments that this regime has made because they didn't sign any big-name free agents. So draft capital was their biggest investment, and it's going to be very, very exciting, I think, to see Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker playing in the yes. secondary. Those are two players to definitely keep an eye on. Um my biggest fear in this game is is just Debo. I mean, we, we we know we know he's awesome. He's going to be the best player on the field. He is, and he's just the type of player that you want the Bears to have someday, where you can kind of just throw him the ball at the line of scrimmage, and you blink, and the next thing you know, he's holding the ball fifty yards down the field. And and, and you know, we we know that the team, we know the Bears are going to be susceptible to that exact kind of thing. Exactly because. They just don't have anybody that's as good as him, and if if he gets the ball in space and the 49ers have the thing blocked up, the Bears just don't have the player that's going to get in there and bust that up, I don't think. 
Brisker maybe, but it's his first game. We can't be expecting Brisker to be Ed Reed right away. Like he's, yeah. he might, he's, I think he's going to have a really, really nice career, but he's still a rookie. And that's the thing to keep in mind too, with all these draft picks is like, because we're excited to see them and because most of the roster is terrible. Yeah. I, I think that if they go out there and do struggle at the start of the year, then people are going to react really negatively to that. And you just got to remember that they're rookies and, in most cases, they're not really stepping into a system with a lot around them. Like, it's one thing when you can plug a rookie into a team that is competing for the playoffs and for the conference because you can hide them a little bit. You don't have to ask them to go out there and do everything that you would ask a five-year veteran that's made a couple Pro Bowls to do. So, <laughs> right. You know, it, it, the Bears are probably going to have Brisker and Gordon on an island a few times, and they will probably get beat a few times because they're rookies. That's sure. all, that's all part of learning. It's, it's rebuilding. Um, of course, you know, uh, along with this though, is, um, is the quarterback play. This isn't to, you know, rehash that whole thing. I, I, all I, the only point I wanted to make is, you know, with as much of a question mark as fields is Lance is even more so. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, that, that is always the big factor, right? You can't be a great team without having a really having good quarterback play. Um, okay, so the the two thousand Ravens, you know, had Trent Dilfer. <laughs> that one will last forever, a hundred years ago. Exactly. Like, the NFL has changed seven different times. <laughs> that's like, that's right. You're talking so, about two different sports, but um, uh, you know, I th- what. Uh, I just, yeah, I want to see some sustained drives. Um, <laughs> if they can just come out and get a first down, <laughs> that would make me very happy. That's always good. Uh, you know, we're not asking, we're not asking for much. I, I know. Um, uh, to see, um, uh, see some of the young players uh, get in there and um, you know mix it up uh, is going to be exciting too, uh, because you know some of these guys. You mentioned Braxton Jones, but uh, Dominique Robinson—he uh-huh. uh, did have a sack in the in the in the preseason. Is he going to be active? I guess we'll so, find out. Yeah, we don't know yet for sure, but um, uh, you know, uh, even even if he's not, um, the fact that he he could make the uh, make. Uh, being active is is uh, is a cool idea, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely a player that we'll see out there this season. I just don't know that he's ready. Maybe he is. I mean, it would be fun to see him out there because yeah. he's another player that has, you know, seemingly unlimited potential when you talk about his athletic ability. So it would definitely be fun to get him in there and see if he can maybe get after the quarterback once, but I don't know, it kind of strikes me as a guy that maybe will be on the inactive report for the first four or five weeks just as he continues to learn the position even. Yeah. Um, but we don't know. He might be out there. Uh, our our, our ends, um, Muhammad, Quinn, Muhammad, Gibson, and Gibson. Um, I think that's a pretty good core. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're certainly not what the Niners have, but um, I, I think they could make some noise if they can get some pressure on Lance. Which I mean, obviously, you could say that about any team in any game, mm-hmm. right? But uh, if they can get some pressure on Lance. Um, we could see uh, from Lance something that's really common amongst rookies is holding on to the ball too long. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just excited that 
I, I guess I'm more excited than I thought I was going to be like six months ago. <laughs> going back six months, I was thinking about the Bears and just thinking they were going to be terrible. And they might still be terrible. They might not win a lot of games. But I there's players out here now that I'm interested to watch. And obviously that goes beyond fields. We've talked about a bunch of them. I, I think it's going to be a more entertaining team than people are going to give it credit for, even if maybe they don't win a lot of games. Because... They're just not as good as most teams in the NFL. They're at the bottom of the league in terms of just talent on the roster, but that doesn't mean they can't be in a lot of games. We see that all the time. We see teams that stink that hover around 500 and are in the conversation for playoff spots. And right. If the Bears can do that, then I think that's a huge victory for them compared to what we just went through. You and I both bet the over. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did, Bears fans. We actually did put an official bet uh, uh, on the over on at, at six and a half. And just to be clear, do not do that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a stupid bet, but... Tom and I both thought it would be a little bit fun if we had some skin in the game. That's and right. It could easily hit. I mean, you could make it. You could make an argument that like any time a win total is below like seven, you should just bet the over, just because weird stuff can happen in the NFL. Right. Like you can be horrible and win eight games. It, it, it's possible. Yeah. It has greater possibility than meteor hitting Minneapolis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's winnable games on this schedule. The Bears could win a couple games that they're not supposed to. I did not, I'm not telling you to go out and bet that. I would advise against it, actually. I don't think it's a bet that's going to win more often than it'll lose. But. Which, by the way, financially, we, uh, we, we took the thin in. So yeah. we didn't become... We, we both decided that we weren't going to heavily invest. Yeah, in, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't bet the mortgage on, on the Bears' win total. But, but, but it's, yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, I, I still... I, we both legitimately believe, though, that they could win seven games. Yeah, and I think that it's going to be like, it's kind of going to be like the Gophers have been my whole life, like the Gopher football <laughs> team. Like they're always kind of in every game they play. They don't really ever get blown out, but just at the end of the game, the better team just finds a way to win. And I think that we're going to say that a lot about the team this year. I think they're going to be in the game most of the time in the fourth quarter, and and this case for example it's going to be like oh the bears were down two but then debo samuel took 170 yards for a touchdown <laughs> and they lost by 10 i mean i think that's just going to happen a lot right but that doesn't mean it can't be a fun season and especially when you consider just the horror that was the bears last oh, year it was like, just so bad watching every game was brutal so i i don't think we're going to be saying that like i don't feel like it's going to be just misery watching the bears this year which is Agreed. the faintest of praise I could give them, <laughs> but hey, it's better than nothing. Um, so we've talked a lot about the game on Sunday and about the matchups we're excited about. I guess if you had to make a prediction on how it's going to go, what would be your, your prediction? Or, I, or do you not have one? Because a lot of times I don't really have one, but I do have a, a feeling for how this game's going to uh, go. My feeling is um, Niners by a touchdown. I, I, I was just, I, I see that it's, uh, that's the line. Um, that sounds about right. Uh, it'll be, you know, those guys with the lines are incredible in their predictions. Yeah. And uh, I think that one is just about right. I, I also... Um, your scenario that you just laid out, 
Uh, Bears, Niners, close, towards end of game. Debo Samuel breaks something long. Uh, That's the difference maker. I could see that happening. He is an incredibly explosive player. The Bears defense is so young and inexperienced. They're going to be susceptible to big plays. Lance, I have a feeling that the defense could show up pretty solid against him, but he is talented enough that Shanahan did pick him as his guy, which means he can do some stuff, and he's going to get some. Yeah. But, it, it you know, if the Bears' defense can keep those explos- uh, the explosive plays to a minimum, uh, maybe generate a turnover and win that turnover battle, uh, you know, maybe something could happen. But um, what I mostly would just like to see is some good play out of the offense. I want to see Fields leading that offense. I want to see that defense stiffen up a little bit, some good play out of the front seven. Um, we're certainly going to see better play out of the secondary than we did last year. So um, watching those two young guys uh and hopefully, you know, you know, some of the side stories, like, you know, Eddie Jackson is, is certainly a yeah, side story. We haven't that talked a lot about of, him at all. Yeah, I mean, that's a side story that we'll definitely be wanting to see. I think that kid, I think he turns it around. I don't know whether he goes back to what he was a few years ago, but I certainly think he outplays what he did the last two. I think he will have an interception this year. Nice! So... Hey, for a safety that's making $16 million <laughs> entirely because he's supposed to generate turnovers, at least I, I think he gets on the board this year. Um, I, I think I agree with you. I think that the I haven't bet this game at all. I think seven feels about right. If I, I, I kind of have a, a feeling for how I think this is going to go, and I, I think that it's going to be kind of a, a slower, maybe not slower, but kind of just a boring, unexciting game a little bit that I think ends in a 49ers win that maybe they're not super impressive, but they get out out of there 1-0. I, I think that on offense, Kyle Shanahan is, is smart enough to know that they can pretty much move the ball on the Bears however mm-hmm. they want. I, I think they, they know that they'll be able to get four or five, six-yard plays pretty much the whole game, whether it be running the ball against... Uh, weaker Bears defensive line or throwing short passes to Debo or Ayuk or Kittle if he plays. I think it'll look a lot like the game did last year where I remember that was the game that Matt Nagy didn't coach and I remember we were Mm -hmm. all talking about man this felt like a little bit of a different vibe and man it felt like the Bears really looked like a new team with Nagy out there and then it's like well, how many times did the 49ers punt? Zero. Zero. <laughs> they still, they did, I still believe they did have a different vibe while they were out there. Yeah, but it's like, well, okay, well, did he, did he get off the field a single time on defense? No. no. And I think that'll be, like, I, 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 I would expect it to be just a lot of short, short kind of chunk plays. I wouldn't expect the 49ers to really air it out a lot because they don't really need to, I don't think. And if you take the ball down the field, then weird things can happen. It can get tipped. It can get intercepted. So I think it's just kind of a methodical game plan with just a lot of long drives. Lance is supposed to have a big gun, though. I'm sure he does. But they can save that for games that are going to be be, (laughs) and, and just in their division, too, and everything like that. So 
I would expect a lot of long drives for them that end in points. You know, maybe not all touchdowns, but I think a lot of just seven, eight-minute drives that maybe end in a field goal. And kind of on the other side of the ball, too, I think I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit more of a, a conservative defensive game plan, too. I, I think that the, the Niners could wreck the game if they really wanted to blitz every time. But I guess why would you do that? Because if you kind of sit back and make the Bears string together... 10, 15 plays in a row to get in the end zone. I just don't think this offense is going to do that. I think they're going to make, you know, mistakes. I think the drives will stall. And when they get, if they do get down to the red zone, I I think the Niners will turn it up and I'll force those drives into a field goal. So I wouldn't be shocked if the, if the bears move the ball a little bit, just because I think the Niners will kind of sit back in zone and just kind of let them have the shorter check downs. And I think they'll just kind of count on them being able to, outscore the Bears in the red zone just because obviously the talent differential is is there like like you said I wouldn't expect the Niners to come in there and blow the Bears out I don't think they're going to win by 30 I think seven feels about right it could kind of land on either side of that from my perspective so I haven't bet the game I I might just because it's week one and after (laughs) after a couple beers I might just you know oh why not throw one throw one down on the Bears for for kicks and giggles but what um so uh, around uh, around the the north? What, what do you think about Green Bay at Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, I, I I like the Vikings there. It's not a hot take. I, I think the Vikings opened as like four point dogs, and I think a lot of people have bet on them, and it's basically a pick 'em now. Yeah, but I I think Rodgers and with this entirely reworked receiving core, I wouldn't be shocked if it takes them a little bit to get going. It's a tough spot for them. Minnesota is a good home field advantage. They've got a new coach. I think they're going to come out with some new energy. I think that their defense, the Vikings, is going to be a little bit better than it was even under Zimmer. They've brought in a couple of nice free agent signings on the line, including former Packers, Zadarius Smith, who's talked about how fired up he is to get after the Packers. So I, I kind of like the Vikings here. It, it's going to be It's probably the game of the day. Right. So, uh, so I, yeah, it's Green Bay by one and a half. I see. Okay. Yeah. The um. I, well, what I'm hoping is you know both teams just come out and uh, die other. on the field. <laughs> um. In just one massive accident, and we just we have to cry a little bit tomorrow night. No. Um. So, I uh, the matchup predictor on ESPN has Green Bay 65, Minnesota 34. Oh, I think. Um. I I'm going against the grain there. I, I do. I like Minnesota in Week One versus them. Uh, I think Green Bay has uh, some things that they're gonna have to work out. Even with number twelve back there, they're gonna have to work out um, the changes that have been made. I mean, uh, yeah, certainly twelve can make players look good that uh, don't necessarily have, have not necessarily had the spotlight. But he really lost a lot. Uh, I don't remember them losing that many guys all at once uh, in, you know, the wide receiver core. Um, And it looks like uh, you mentioned this earlier that Lazard is uh, questionable. Um, That's supposed to be the lead guy right there. And is is Bakhtari going to play? Because if he doesn't play, that's a, a weakness on the, on their line against a, a pretty stout defensive line from mm-hmm. the, from the from the the Vikings, I, I like Vikings uh, over Packers in Week One. Yeah, the Packers defense, I think, is going to be really good. So it will be a challenge with with Cousins, but I don't know. I just I just kind of 
I, I'm really high on the Vikings this year in general, and I, I think that they're going to look to come out and make a bit of a statement and beat the Packers week one in their home field. I mean, people don't give Cousins enough credit for how he's done against the Packers the last couple of years. I think he's right around 500, which is certainly better than a lot of teams can say. Yeah. And, and I think they get this one, and I, I just think that, like you said, it's going to take Rodgers some time to just get comfortable with this new receiving group. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Eagles-Lions? <laughs> Lot- Eagles by a million. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's just every single year that uh, the Lions take the field, I'm like, isn't that city really poor? <laughs> On, I mean, on, fo- on football, what, for what, sure. What, why do they even have an NFL team anymore? But, um, okay, so the matchup predictor has Philadelphia 65, Detroit 33. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in the Eagles camp uh, for this game. Uh, oh, did I mention Jared Goff sucks? <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> well, like, it, it's just like the Lions. It's just like every like two or three years, it's like the same story. It's like they got this new coach that's got these guys playing super hard, and it's just like, yeah, their their, their roster is still terrible. I mean, like the, the the one thing I'll say about the Lions this year is their offensive line is really good. They're, they're a top five unit, but they've already had one starter go down, one of their best guards, and. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, just the, the, they drafted a wide receiver that uh, Jamison Williams. He's not going to play, and the Eagles are really good. The Eagles are great on both both of their lines. They they got AJ Brown. Like I mean, uh, just the Lions. They, I would rather. I, I think Hurts. I think Hurts shows even more this year. Maybe I do the, the and the Lions. I'm just I'm will. If this is the one time that I'm wrong on it, then fine. But. Every year of my life, I've come into this season saying, you know, I think the Lions still kind of suck. <laughs> and every time I've been right. So, and, and this is not the first time I've heard this story with them. And Dan Campbell, he's really, really entertaining. But I just don't think that he's a great NFL coach. And I just think it's going to be another year. For I, don't, the, I don't see it happening. I'm just going to be another year for the Lions yeah. where you just look up at the end and they're like, oh, we went 6-11 and 11 again and we're picking in the top 10. Yep. And I yep. think, I th- I mean, last year the Eagles played at Ford Field and beat them by a million. And, and <laughs> I, I think they're going to beat them by a million again this year. And, you know, the, the Lions might be better than the Bears, so trust me, I'm not making, Could be. I'm not making fun of them. We usually split. But, yeah, and, yeah, they, I mean, the Lions should have swept the Bears last year. The Bears beat them twice but the lions could have easily won both those games easily won both so. except oh yeah it was that one guy jared goff who sucks ah uh, yeah it wasn't even him right <laughs> well yeah the first game and then the second game was thanksgiving that was just you, one of the if you if you do a deep dive it all goes to jared goff <laughs> i'll tell you what though jared goff man he's made what like oh i kid i kid he's made what like nine figures in his career <laughs> and he's Dating a supermodel that oh he'll leave he'll leave like with like fifty million dollars like trust trust me like we can make fun of him all we want but he's he's won at life there yeah he's already won all right so we're getting to the end of this I guess I I, I, here's can I give my parting thought going into the season so I guess it's gonna take a couple years before we know if really any of this works. Right. Yes. We thought we we thought Matt Nagy was George Hallis after year one. 
<laughs> we thought that we like, and we thought wrong. Yeah, I mean, we we have Bears fans have revisionist history that like all these old coaches were always awful, but we thought John Fox was on the right track. You remember when they went up to Thanksgiving and beat the Packers in his first year? Yeah, we're like, man, this team's around five hundred. We got this old football guy that's whipping these guys into shape, and we see how that went. Mark Trestman. People people forget about Mark Trestman that he coached two years. And going into year two, there were a lot of people that thought that team was going to the Super Bowl in Chicago and nationally. So it goes to show that it takes time to figure out if the Bears got this right. And that goes for Iberflus and it goes for Ryan Poles. So my hope would be, and I know this will fall on deaf ears, but we don't need to treat every single game like it's this referendum on the new regime. Yes. Let it let it play out a little bit and enjoy the ride. It, it doesn't have to be terrible just because it's always been terrible. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom because Matt Nagy sucked and John Fox sucked and Mark Tressman sucked. It might be okay. It might be really, really good. We just need to give it some time, so... I know after week one, everybody will be screaming one way or another, depending on how the game goes, but I'm hoping for myself and for Tom and for all Bears fans that we can all just kind of enjoy the ride and enjoy watching this team and hoping and hoping and hoping that they got it right this time. So 